Welcome to Down and Out, the sports and entertainment podcast, taking the world by storm. Dom Tibbetts alongside Evan Ryer, two sports quote-unquote professionals, giving our best shot at the world of podcasting. But we like to have fun, keep things loose, a lot to get to today on this busy Friday. First off, as always, shout out JD Masters and Buddha, Man of the Mirror, our intro-outro music. Go give them some love. YouTube, SoundCloud, anywhere you stream music like Spotify, Apple, Google. That's where you'll also find our podcast. So be sure to go stream us, download us, rate us, share it with all your friends. Evan, you are back from Gainesville. Back to Jacksonville. Little little nice uh, SEC basketball trip you and the family made. Uh, first off, we'll ask for a little recap because you did tease us on uh, our, our previous episode this week. Game that Alabama won, but you told me in a text, not the not the way you were hoping Bama was going to come out and win, but nonetheless, good basketball, and the Crimson Tide going to Gainesville come out with a win. Can't really argue with that. Yeah, you can't be mad at, you know, a, do- a, a double-digit victory. That's, you know, you, you take those in the SEC play, and Florida's not, you know, a bad team. They're not an especially great team. Um, and my Florida fan uh, family members can, can attest to that. They uh, they just couldn't really score at Alabama's level. And they, you know, Florida, I mean, really, they, they were leading by, you know, six, seven points at one point. But based on, you know, the, uh, the stretch that Alabama was in, I think that was like late in the first half, they needed to go up by, you know, 10 to 15. You know, that's how college basketball works, right? Right. You know, when everyone's going to go through those cold stretches and you got to be hot when that's happening. And uh, Florida really didn't do that. But I mean, it was a, it was a really good time going to Billy Donovan court. You know, I mean, there was a good crowd there for, for a Wednesday. Austin, my cousin was telling me that, uh, you know, who, who went to UF graduated from UF was like, you know, this could be even crazier. In fact, he, you know, he was kind of saying that he expected a more uh, 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 packed out atmosphere, but um all the same, it was fun, man. You know, just kind of walked down Main Street in Gainesville, gra- grabbed some uh, grub, and went to the game and had some beers and just, uh, uh, you know, the ideal Wednesday night because what else are you doing on Wednesday night? Yeah, um, absolutely. So, yeah, man, I, that was the first time I had watched Alabama basketball play in probably three years, too, which, you know, considering what they've been able to do the past year or two, you know, going to the Sweet 16 and stuff, it's nice to finally be able to see that. Um, so yeah, it's been a good week and, uh, um, just kind of hoping that Alabama basketball keeps it going. I, you know, I, they're, they're two and O in SEC play, but, uh, it's, it's, it's still early. So, you know, you gotta, you kind of have to wait till we get to what mid, you know, early February before you're like, okay, this is. This is where this team can go. Or yeah, I basically what? start equivalent that, and like in Syracuse's terms, I always start waiting until Joe Lenardi starts calling us his first four out on a bubble team. That's why I'm like, oh, okay, this is where it's crunch time. How is Syracuse doing? Uh, they're all right. They're one and two in conference play. They're kind of like everybody else. They're getting bugged down with COVID. They've you know they're losing opponents because of COVID. Um, 
Yeah, but they're probably not playing on Saturday due to Missouri's COVID issues. So, yeah. yeah, seven and seven overall. It's a it's a it's a season we nobody really had had the highest of hopes for, but they could be doing a little bit better for sure. Um, you know, conference play is, is something that they got to wake up in, but you know, hopefully we will we will see Florida State kind of in the same story as well. So we'll see how that all shapes up. But nonetheless, and we're going to get to more Alabama stuff with their football team later on in the show, obviously they have because. A football team? Who? Alabama? Yeah, they have a football team. I yeah, it's, I think uh, Sick Naven is the head coach there. Sick Naven. I like that. <laughs> uh, but we will get to them soon. But first, Ev, we got to get to some NFL football because of big final week 18. The first time I'm ever going to get to say that. Feels good. Uh, we have a bunch of great last week matchups, big playoff implications on the line. A lot to get to there. I guess first off, we said it in uh, kind of before we started recording. There's no shot Jacksonville beats Indianapolis, so I guess Indy is going to lock up at one of the wild card spots, but a man can hope. A man man, can really hope. And a man can squeeze his clown nose. Um, Because uh, I'll just go and interject here before we get to the rest of the NFL talk. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you haven't heard, uh, I would say hundreds, possibly thousands of Jaguars fans are going to be wearing clown costumes to the uh, to the Jaguars Colts game this weekend. Fucking love it. Um, it's a, actually. Do you remember? Is, do you remember a couple years ago, like when the Killer Clowns came out and how it's come into fruition? The the evolution of the clown phase in in society has really reached a sports peak, and I like Bob, it. Do you want to know how old we are? How's that? The clown thing. Remember when the clowns were like popping up and everybody? Yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. That was 2014. Oh, my God, bro. Oh, my God. That wasn't that a few was, years ago. That was like seven. Oh, my God. That's eight yeah. years ago. Oh, my God. We're freshman old. year. I, well, the only reason why I remember is because I was a freshman in college and working for the Alabama's uh, radio station, and clown sightings were being reported on campus. And I remember, like, like you know, working on that, trying to, like, figure out what was going on. So, yeah, it's wild to think that we're old as shit now, but uh, we are. Um, but look at the so evolution, anyways. though. Fo- we'll focus on the evolution here of it. Well, yeah, you know, we're, we're living our best lives now. And, and, and for me, living my best life right now as a Jacksonville Jaguars fan means that I'm going to wear a clown nose to the game on uh, Sunday, as will, like I said, hundreds if not thousands of people. Um, if you're wondering, you know, Dom actually asked me, he was like, so what is, like, the issue? you know, for Jaguars fans. And the issue is not like Shad Khan specifically, although people are definitely unhappy with him and questioning, you know, his ability as an owner to, you know, put together a competent football team. You know, this is a, a team that has like seven, 10, 10 lost seasons. And since he's become owner in like 2011. Um, so really the big issue is Trent Balky. You know, as of right now, there's conflicting reports. There's, you know, people I trust that are saying that, you know, Balky's not coming back and he was never coming back. But then you've got guys like uh, Ian Rappaport and uh, a few other big name, um, uh, a, a few other big name the the the, 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 the big otherwise. NFL reporters, yeah. Yeah, there's a I forget I forget his his name right now, but one of CBS's senior sports reporter came out with a report this morning saying that shot is all the way behind bulky, which is you know really really concerning. Um, Trent bulky is I, I think I said this, but 
not well liked in the NFL. His relationship, famously, you know, in in San Francisco with uh, Harbaugh, was like the way that ended, like kind of set that tone. And you know, I mean, there's no reason to think that that guy's that the guy based on how much worse his team is. I don't care that Urban Meyer was a head coach like that. I mean, that obviously plays a factor too. But the Jaguars, talent-wise, was a worse team than the team they had last year. I mean, truly. So you know. Just uh, be prepared for for all those images and videos and mm-hmm. for me selfie drunk as hell. Uh, uh, well, probably not drunk as hell. I gotta work sadly a little bit in the uh, evening, um, but but uh, but yeah, just just be ready for that. That's the analysis for the Jags Colts game. We don't, you know, you take the Colts here, but. But just be ready for the uh, for the circus. No, really, folks. What we're trying to say is that on the field, we all know what's going to happen. But the real, real entertainment's going to be happening in the stands. But also, you know what? That's good though. Like, got like, because it, it's about time some sort of fan base who wants to get you know passionately behind their team, as we talked about many times. Jag fans are. I I, I think from an outside perspective, it, it's it's kind of cool. You know, like if, if you guys are displeased, go make it known and let the ownership know. And there's no way of better showing your, your your disheartening concern for your organization than a bunch of people wearing red clown noses all throughout your stadium. So, Yeah, for sure. Uh, also worth noting that on Sunday at halftime, they announced that they're going to have a naturalization ceremony for 92 people that have just earned uh, U.S. citizenship. So 90 people, 100 people or so are going to celebrate becoming U.S. citizens <laughs> in front of just a crowd of thousands. <laughs> oh, no. God bless America, man. Uh, it's, uh, it's a beautiful time. But, but you know, that's, a, that's enough clown talk. Uh, you know, we can, we can get more into that uh, next week when we're, we record. Uh, in the meantime, you know, we can go look at the AFC game that truly matters the most on uh, Sunday. You know, I believe there's seeding and maybe even some divisional stuff to wrap up. No, actually, divisions are pretty much wrapped up except, except for uh, the, the AFC East is except for the yeah uh and so uh but you know the the game that's on everyone's mind of course is you know the Raiders versus Chargers you know quite literally a playoff game you mm-hmm. know I mean it's winner go home um and Dom you know I mean I I feel like we've been on that Chargers tip all year but I mean, it might be time to uh, to fade them, you know, now that we're finally here at the end. I mean, Evan, I'm, I'm kind of with you there, and the, the Chargers have really got me concerned since that loss to Houston. I mean, if you want to be taken seriously, you want to go into the NFL playoffs, being a contender as we all kind of thought they would be this season, you can't be sitting 9-7 and seven with a loss to the Houston Texans here. I mean, you can make the same argument for the Bills sitting 10-6, and six, fighting for the division crown because of a loss to the Jaguars, right? But that being said, I, I, I the Raiders with a hot hand to me, Evan. I'm going to go with them because it just feels like the great storybook ending to an absolutely tumultuous, in every sense of the word, you can say, okay, there's a lot of other synonyms you could use to describe the the Las Vegas Raiders season, but I wholeheartedly believe that they will find a way, dig down deep, Derek Carr shows up and becomes the hero one last time and gets the Raiders into the playoffs over the Chargers. So I'm going to I'm going to take Vegas in this. You know, I'm going to ride ride with Rick Basicchia and see where it goes, which probably will be a first round departure for all being honest, um because they're more than likely going to play Kansas City and that's not, you know, not not the worst situation to go up against a team you've seen before, but it would more than likely be Kansas City. 
But before I crush their dreams, I got the Raiders getting into that final spot of. Yeah, I uh, I I truly don't know. Like, I want to preface that before I make my pick that I truly don't. Well, who? I mean, yeah, who does? You know, I'm yeah. I'm I'm, I'm just I'm just a dumb fuck with a microphone that's rambling on about Rick Pasicchia. This is true. Um, <laughs> I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna join the fun, join the black hole. Yep. Let's go Raiders. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's let's see some you know chaos. The Chargers will get their time. Justin Herbert's about to have another 15 years of you know uh, uh of you know top level quarterback play and and they'll get there although you know philip rivers had what you know 13 years of top level quarterback play in san diego yeah. no and any and, and, and a lot of people and a lot of people forget that one year i think it was the 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 year they Ladanian, went to the AFC championship it was, game that was yeah. the year when ladanian thomason i think won the mvp and like went at like broke tons of records for him like that that was it like that the the charger Herbert and the Chargers aren't at that time period where it feels like it's now or never, right? Like that for Philip Rivers way back with San Diego, that was now or never. That was the time. We're, I, we're far from that with the Chargers. So they lose they lose on Sunday. Their time will come. I'm not I'm not concerned for them. Herbert and the Chargers is my favorite 1950s doo-wop band. <laughs> um, but uh, so no, yeah, I think so too. And I don't know. I mean, the Raiders are just like a team possessed right now. I mean, I I I've I watched uh, I watched them play this past weekend, uh, or was it this past weekend? No, it was. Hmm. Well, they did. Yeah, no, so they played they, the, that. That was the 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 um what you might call it the win the win over the they, Colts that big win the three point win over the Colts which set them up for yeah, this opportunity yeah 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 so I mean that's the thing is like it's it's a case of you know they don't have a ton of insane you know talent across the board right now due to those injuries and arrests and everything else that's happened in that for that team this year but they got some dudes that are hungry as hell and just uh, continue making plays and you know I I was saying this earlier this week when I was in Gainesville talking with you know all the boys about football and stuff you have to like respect Derek Carr for this season I mean statistically it's not like the most insane it's not like he's like oh wow Derek Carr played an MVP level this year but he has played very well and in mm-hmm. clutch situations, and and uh, so respect to him on that. And I mean, yeah, so I, I'm, I was looking at. It's funny you bring him up because I was looking right at his stats. I mean, over 4,600 yards, 21 touchdowns. You know, it's and, and you look at the rest of the stats. Like you said, it's the you know it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors. You're not gonna like drop your jaw to the floor. But given given everything that this team has had to go through and the way he's been able to kind of navigate it to even be in this position is is, is kind of why you root for the Raiders in this situation, if we're being honest. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's the, like like we said, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they, you don't know if, you, like, what happens to the Raiders based on, you know, I mean, they're about to bring in a new head coach, like, you know, do, do the whole deal. Like, you don't know what comes next for that team. You know, for the Chargers, you feel pretty good about what comes next. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, I think rooting for the Raiders here is the, I guess, a uh, good guy thing to do. Um, you know, meanwhile, like you said, Dom. I mean, what Bills and Patriots? You know, if the Bills win their game and the Patriots lose, the Bills lock up the AFC title. Yeah, Patriots it, lose, Bills lose, Bills lock it up. The only way if Bills lose to the Jets, Patriots beat the Dolphins, then you know Patriots get it, and the Bills, the Bills actually would fall. And I was looking at the situation; they would actually fall to the sixth seed 
in this in the playoffs. The Pats would move up to four statistically and be via tiebreakers if the Colts do go out and win because of that head-to-head matchup when Jonathan Taylor absolutely thrumped the Bills. The Bills, they'll, they'll, they'd bump to five, the Colts would, and the Bills would go to six, which it, in which they would play Cincinnati. Cause it, and, and if everything goes as it is now, which I think it will, where the Bills win, the Patriots win, then we've got an AFC East matchup again in the playoffs. You know, third time's a charm back in Buffalo. We'll see how it goes, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, um, so you know, that's kind of the, the wrap-up on the AFC. I mean, of course. Yeah, it's uh, the, chalked the, up the, and dry. Yeah, the Chiefs and the Titans, you know, I mean, there could be some some mixing there in terms of... Well, and it's funny, too, I mean, the the Bengals have a a chance to get that one seed as well with two losses from Tennessee. And believe it or not, the Patriots could lock up the one seed if Tennessee, Kansas City, Cincinnati lose. It's a crazy scenario, but crazier things have happened. So while the AFC is kind of locked up, there are, like, some interesting scenarios for those within those top four or five seeds. We'll, We'll have to see how it all plays out. I, I I think it'll stay pretty pretty much where it is. If I'm if I'm a betting man, honestly, I, I don't see too much change uh, beyond you know the the five C through the top seed there. But we shall see, Ev. We shall see, Ev, because the NFC a little bit of a different story, slightly different story. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 also not overly complicated. It's not like there's six different scenarios or whatever. But uh, you've got. You've got uh, the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Los Angeles Rams uh, on Sunday. And at the same time, uh, as Dom noted, you know, the NFL trying to get both of those scenarios going at the same time. Uh, the Saints are playing the Falcons. Uh, it's kind of similar to what you mentioned about uh, the Bills and the Patriots. Where So if the 49ers win and the Saints win, the 49ers are in. If they both lose, the 49ers are in. If the 49ers win, Saints lose you know, uh, 49ers are in. Um, and then if the Saints win and the 49ers lose, then the New Orleans Saints are going to the playoffs. Essentially, 49ers just need to win. You know, from, yep. the, from their perspective, just go win and you're in. But, you know, I mean, you're playing the damn Los Angeles Rams who are, you know, they need to go get this win and uh, for, you know, to to ensure a NFC West uh, division title and probably lock up that number two spot in the uh, in the seating, um, which if, you know, uh, like I, I think I mentioned this a, a few days ago, more than likely the Rams and the 49ers are going to play again, uh, you know, next, like in the first round of the playoffs if the 49ers make the playoffs. But before we get there, Dom, who do you? How do you? How do you see those two games shaking out? Oh, I, I, uh, gosh, you know, I, I, I want to have. I can't. I keep wanting to have fun. I really do. I want to have fun with the Raiders, and I want it to translate into maybe the Niners. But the Rams are really playing for something because they can't lose because the Cardinals should beat the Seahawks and would bump the Cardinals up. I, I would imagine to the the one spot in the NFC West. Um, Depending on the head-to-head matchup, which I can't, I can't see in front of me. But nonetheless, though, the Rams are still hunting to grab a two-seed spot. They have something to play for here. I gotta take the Rams on this one. It's real chalky, and, and I don't like it. The inner fun me does not like this chalky pick, Ev. But. I, I, I think just because of the amount that they have to play for. And we've said it all season long. I mean, the Rams have an offense that can thoroughly get the job done, and they have now the pieces on defense. 
the Rams have to be thinking that, listen, we our biggest obstacle has to be the Green Bay Packers because if we can get ourselves to the Super Bowl, this is the year that we've made it happen. I think both you and I have both have said a couple times this season that it feels like this is a now or never season again with the Rams, kind of contrary to what we kind of probably thought back in 2018 heading into that Super Bowl. So that, all that being said, I, I got to take the Rams here, and it stinks, but I'm going to stick with them. Yeah, uh, and then, you know, just because we're trying to, you know, set up who's going to the playoffs, do you have the Saints beating the So, Packers? yes, uh, yeah, let me give you that one. Yeah, I do. I have the Saints here. I, I saw the, 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 the Falcons in person. You're not in person, but I saw them play the Bills. They're even Kyle Pitts is probably like you said, he's out with that with an injury and even with Kyle, like he's a difference maker in there, but that offense is just nothing. The reason it was so close is cuz Josh Allen threw three straight interceptions on consecutive drives, which was killer. But not less that being said, I, I got the Saints here. I think they know what's at what's at stake. Um, I and and with that being said, yeah, the Saints get into the playoffs, and the the Niners sadly don't. Yeah. Okay. Well, I uh, I personally um, I, I I'm gonna disagree with you. I think the Saints do beat the Falcons just because I think the you know the Falcons want to play spoiler, but in this particular scenario, it's gonna be tough and. You know, while the Saints have, you know, the the loss against the uh, the the uh, uh, excuse me, the Dolphins at twenty to three loss on Monday yep. Night Football was like when I when I saw that I was like they're dead, they're dead in the water. But this is also a team that you know had just beaten the Bucks the previous week, you know, and and then they get back right against the Panthers despite going down early against the Panthers. They didn't give up and they came back and won that game. So I do think they win. However. I do think the 49ers beat the uh, the Rams in SoFi. If we were talking about a different venue than SoFi Stadium, then I think it would really matter that it was a road game, but I just don't think it does in a place like SoFi. Mm-hmm. Um, also, fun fact, uh, Kyle Shanahan has beaten Sean McVay five straight games. Yes, he has. He he is the, the he is Sean McVay's kryptonite. Is is Trey also going to start for the Niners? Well, that is yet to be decided. Mm. That's, but that's the thing, though. Because that's what I was kind of factoring in my decision. I almost like the Niners better with Trey, to be yeah, honest well, with you here. Well, that's kind of what's weird is that I do think that Jimmy G is probably a better – weirdly enough. So I think Jimmy G is a better fit to start this game. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because in that stretch of them beating the Rams all the time, Jimmy G has been the quarterback during that. And – you know, the, the way you beat the Rams defense is, like, interestingly enough, it's not like the, you know, the the, the guys that are, um, you know, extending plays, running out of the pocket, doing the stuff that why Trey Lance kind of has, like, some some uh, some hype right now is that he's doing that early and it looks good. Um, but Jimmy Garoppolo is going to stay in the pocket, right? That's mm-hmm. truly, like, doing the classic Kyle Shanahan offensive run first, working the play action off of that, you know, traditional offensive play calling, like that is truly going to be their best bet. I don't think asking Trey Lance to make a bunch of plays when you've got Jalen Ramsey and, you know, a bunch of others in that secondary is necessarily a smart move. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that being said, I don't know how much one or the other is truly – I guess what I'm saying is that the value between Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, to me, like the difference is minimal. As in 
you I, I don't think you're going to uh see like if the if the 49ers lose to the Rams like 24 10 with Trey Lance I think that's probably what the score would have been with Jimmy Garoppolo too I just don't think that they're different players no question but I don't think that either of them necessarily bring so much more than the other like there's a clear-cut difference you know what I mean um, yeah so, I, I, I'm, I'm with you there I am with you there so you know, I mean, it's uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, you know, Kyle Shanahan this week kind of said that he he he's probably not gonna announce who the quarterback is until like damn Saturday. Like he's he's you know, it, wait, it's Friday and we don't know. So I mean, there's which 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 Saturday. is which I always think is an interesting situation because obviously this happens as we both know quite a bit in the NFL when it comes down to these quarterback decisions. We got to imagine if you're Jimmy and or your Trey, like the, like I, I know you go in, you're you're a professional athlete and you have the mindset already built in. You just go in, you take care of business day in and day out, and you just you practice as if you're going to be the starter. I, I don't, I, so I'm not trying to like doubt their preparation, but mentally though, to kind of have to go home every night and be like, man, like am I going to have my shot? Is this going to be me? And if you're Jim, you're like, shit, is this is this the moment where Trey takes the franchise from me? And then, you know, vice versa. Is this where Trey's like, man, this franchise still doesn't trust me. They're still going to go with Jimmy. I don't, I'm just, obviously it's a little bit of speculation, but I do have to wonder how mentally draining that might be for for these two guys is to have to wait so long to get that clear-cut starter decision. Yeah, I mean, it is, uh, it, there's no question that that's got to be kind of a wild experience to, you know, be going day by day and, and you know, trying to figure out, am I starting, am I not starting, you know, in this massive game. It's one thing if it's, am I starting in week two or week three or whatever, mm-hmm. but, you know, this is basically a playoff game. I think, though, that, you know, when they drafted Trey Lance, Garoppolo knew, okay, this is this is it for me in San Francisco. Now the entire, I, I mean, they've the, even the front office in, in San Francisco has kind of made it clear that, you know, really the idea is that Jimmy was going to play this season, let Trey Lance learn from the bench, and Jimmy Garoppolo was going to basically – you know, try and play as well as he could so that he could get traded, like right. somewhere that you know, one get the 49ers value, but also go somewhere that yeah. you know, that which which I, I think I think with the amount of quarterback uncertainty there's going to be for a good crop of teams this upcoming season, I think Jimmy will definitely land a spot. I I, I well, think that. I mean, there's there's no amazing quarterback talent coming out in the draft this year, so mm-hmm. I mean, bingo. If, if you want like what I would consider to be, I would consider Jimmy Garoppolo to be like the like. 14th best quarterback in the NFL like is basically how I describe him like he's just a little bit better than middle of the road he's either he's somewhere in that range you know that 14 to 18 type range I you know there's there's going to be a team that's like yeah we'll we'll you know he's only got one year left on his contract you know there'll definitely be a team that says okay we'll go pay Jimmy Garoppolo way too much money this year as kind of another tryout for us you know, one, if we have a competitive team, he can step in. We'll probably make the playoffs, and, you know, he gets that chance to redo the Super Bowl run, whatever. Um, and then secondly, you know, they can then pay him accordingly that next season or, or whatever. Uh, so I think uh, I think, I think think it's definitely a weird scenario, but I think Jimmy G is also a guy that is very, very, like, he knows what's going on. And right. so does Trey Lance. Um 
in and Kyle Shanahan, man, he loves Jimmy G. He loves him. Like he he is, you know, there's been calls all throughout the season for Trey Lance to play more, and Shanahan has not budged. Now that could just be sticking to the plan, but it could also I I think a lot of it has to do with he just believes in Jimmy G to run that offense mm-hmm. uh, the way he needs to. So um I think if Jimmy G can, you know, Shanahan basically said this week if Jimmy G can play on Sunday, he's gonna play. Um, right and uh, well, and, and, and yeah. fans and they might not like it, and and, and it might not have liked the result of what happened. But Jimmy G does get to say he has a, he has a Super Bowl appearance under his belt. I mean that it's different than a Super Bowl win, but I I mean I take that pretty seriously as you're looking at a can like a guy who has gotten a team and was able to get them t- and you know played for a Super Bowl and came one throw away. I mean, it was kind of on him, but it was one missed throw away from you know winning a Super Bowl. So there's there, there there's definite value with him for sure. Yeah, so it's uh it's gonna be wild, and who knows? We might get both quarterbacks. I could see a scenario where Jimmy G comes in, throws the ball a few times, that uh, sprained UCL tendon, you know, starts acting up, and mm-hmm. you know they have to say, hey Trey, you got to get in there. Um, so. Yeah, it's uh it's gonna be a wild, you know, finish to their regular season and, and the story's not really over for them whether they get in the playoffs or not. Um you know, they, they, they got a lot of stuff to figure out. So yeah, it's uh it's another, you know, just another beautiful ending to the NFL season and and uh you know Sunday's gonna be wild. It's gonna be just jam packed with uh with storylines, so we well, can't wait to get there. Well, and I'm sure that the storylines this Sunday are going to be awesome, like Evan said. They're going to be jam-packed, and we're going to recap it all next week. But one thing that I'm really, really upset about, and it's the last thing we got to get to before we had to break here, is that I will not get to see Antonio Brown take off, re-put on, and again, take off his pads, his helmets, and throw them into the stands because he has now been officially cut by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. If you have been living under a rock, just know that Antonio Brown did some Antonio Brown shit when the Bucks were playing the New York Jets in the Meadowlands on on Sunday, this past Sunday, and apparently with with an ankle injury that he didn't want to play on, that he didn't feel comfortable playing on, the Bucks coaching staff told him to get out there and go play. He is now, per what the Bucks have released, coming via this morning that I saw, uh, denied the Bucks's request for him to go get looked at by their team specialist and orthopedic doctor he denied it and just kind of self-diagnosed himself as i don't want to play and he threw a temper tantrum in which he you know left the sideline midway through the third quarter with his team down 28 to 14 taking off his shoulder pads leaving on the ground throwing his undershirt and his pads into the crowd which is you know a weird Thing for someone to want to catch personally I that's the last thing I want to catch off a player is you know their their undergarment but nonetheless Antonio Brown no longer a Tampa Bay Buccaneer because of it and now Evan we're getting these conflicting stories AB says one thing Bruce Arians and the Bucks are saying another thing Bucks are saying that, like I said, that they that he denied us you know the, the specialist to look at it but Antonio Brown is via some screenshots that we saw with an alleged text conversation with Bruce Arians said that, you know, he was going to be forced to play through this injury after saying he didn't feel comfortable playing on it. Do you think it's we're a little past the boy who cried wolf scenario here? I mean, uh, Whose side do you kind of take when you reevaluate this, this situation now with the information that we know? 
I think, uh, I don't know, man. I, I think, you know, it's, it's all gut feeling right now. I mean, I'm not necessarily, you know, I don't feel 100% one way or the other, but, you know, at least based on all the information I've garnered, I, I think this is Antonio Brown just being Antonio Brown again. Um, you know, the text messages he shared, I think that it, it goes to show that, you know, it is a complicated and toxic relationship. Like, it's not like it's been all hunky-dory on the Bucks side either. Mm-hmm. But based on everything we've been seeing, man, I mean, it just sounds like A.B. was not happy with how he was being coached and how he was being used and decided to throw a tantrum. I mean, you know, he says he's getting surgery this week. You know, we'll see if he gets surgery. You know, I mean, that would add some credence to his claim. But at the same time, there's plenty of guys that, you know, I'm not saying, you know, playing through injury is something we need to glorify or should be the norm. But there's plenty of guys that basically get told by their medical professionals, hey, you can either stop the season right now or we can have you, uh, you know, uh, get surgery at the end of the season, right? Like those are your options. Um, and that, you know, maybe Antonio Brown initially selected the latter and then now he's like, whatever, obviously his incentives were coming up. Like that was part of the reason that there was, you know, some, some drama with all that was that he was apparently right on the cusp of his incentives and he wasn't getting the ball thrown to him and wasn't getting put in enough or was, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's really just exhausting at this point, man, with him. I mean, it's, I, I am, you know, I, I, it, it's almost it is sad like it's not almost sad like this is clearly someone that has like mental health problems mm-hmm. like this is someone that you know has this is like kanye level shit of like uh, you know this guy is like having mental health like like breakdowns in public like yeah and everyone's just commenting on it and it's like whew. It's 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 a it's a dark scenario. It's it's tough because three or four years ago, Ev, I mean, you know, and, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He was with the Steelers when the Jag, when you guys were in Pittsburgh and the Jags beat I them watched, in 2017. I watched Antonio Brown make one of the greatest like right. catches I've ever seen in person, like in Jags Steelers divisional, and 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 I mean, he had like 180 yards. That was the last game I think he ever played with the Steelers. Was uh, ended up yeah. in that game. And and um, th- that's but that that's to me that is you're right though. That's what stinks is like I I am a big proponent and just a person that hates watching talent be wasted and that's exactly what antonio take take away all you know the if if it is a mental health issue take that take that away you take away the way he's reacted and the the drama that has kind of come into into light with him over the recent years he is one of the most special wide receiver talents we will ever and have ever gotten to see within our lifetime it just sucks that it has to go out this way and that and and sad is honestly I think it's the best way to describe it. It's disappointing because you want better, but at the end of the day, it is it is also sad in the same in the same fact. I I too kind of lean towards taking the Bucks side on this because like I kind of preference with it. It's it's very tough to keep believing the boy who cried wolf, and I hope that you know there is if it if it is as serious as we think it is. Let's let's hope and pray. Ab gets some help that he needs. I have a, a, a hotter take that I said very much on Sunday night 
actually, uh, you know, said it in my sports cast that I put together, and it's now. I, I it was a hot take at first, but now a lot more people are starting to kind of a uh, agree with that same that same sentiment here is I, I think we have seen the last of Antonio Brown in the NFL. I, I, I don't know or see another team that is going to want all that on their roster. Unless they are truly, and I hate to use the word because we talk about how great of an athlete and how great of a special talent he is, but desperate. How desperate is a team really going to be to have Antonio Brown on their on their squad? I I just I don't know. I I I don't see that scenario personally. Yeah, I'm I'm curious too. I mean, he turns 34 uh, this summer, um, which is what's kind of like so sad about you know the past three seasons too is that you know that you know you you definitely lose it you know as a receiver you know I, I would say your prime is considered your late 20s but you know he's the type of talent that 31 32 33 those years are good years you know i mean those are years in which you know he can be he could be adding to you know an already impressive career no matter how it ends mm-hmm. um but uh i think I think I, I, I get where you're coming from and there's definitely like I I, I would say 95% of the NFL is uh, is more than likely saying never ever will we sign Antonio Brown mm-hmm. but if you're a playoff team and like a true competitor at that level kind of like what the bucks were you know this past year I could see him still getting another chance I know that's crazy but I I, I could still see it you know there could be you know a team like what the bucks are in right now you know next year I don't know the Rams or something and they could just say you know what screw it just bring him in you know like we'll we'll go for it because yeah know he's, gonna, he's gonna stay in shape you know in, in, in ab's mind nothing has changed so uh uh, actually, apparently, John Lynch, the 49ers GM, was just asked if they were interested in uh, Antonio Brown, and he said no. Uh, yeah, so well, there you go. I mean, yeah, no, shocking, like but. when 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 AB left New England, and there was still the sliver of hope that he was going to get on a team, get on a team. I, I thought I, I knew the culture that Sean McDermott was building in Buffalo, and AB just doesn't fit it. But I thought of that same exact scenario. Because I think back to that AFC Championship game last year, I think with a talent like AB, the Bills might have been able to squeak squeak by Kansas City and could have had a better shot, you know, against Tampa Bay. I went into that thinking, yeah, maybe AB could turn it around, and maybe not. But now I just, I, I don't, I just don't know if I have the faith in him anymore. I, because I, I don't want that. What happened in Tampa Bay? I do not want to see it happen in Buffalo. That's why I took kind of some, some sort of entertainment out of all of it, because it wasn't happening to my team. Oh yeah, no question. I mean, that's that's the thing with dumpster fires is that you know they're they're wildly entertaining, but um, you know you never want to be. You never want to be the one having to deal with it, I guess. And uh, you know, Jaguars, baby, I, I know it well. Um, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's I don't I don't think we've seen the last of Antonio Brown. I don't think I don't think he should probably play in the NFL again. I think you know if if this sounds like self righteous or whatever, and that's not what I'm going for. But I mean, truly, like the number one best thing for him would be for him to go get like mental health like assistance, mm-hmm. like continue going to rehab continue like trying to work on you know just fight you know getting back to some sense of normalcy because yeah man i mean it is like i said if it feels like 
Kanye. Like, you know, as a Kanye fan, you know, when you watch him go on Twitter, you watch him implode, you know, in public, you're just like, man, this is so dark. This is so sad. Like, I, you know, I, I... I, I, I'm not even an Antonio Brown fan. Like, I would say I don't like the dude. But, I mean, it's just, it's hard to watch. So, yep. um, you know, best of luck to him and to his, I guess. And uh, I, you know, obviously me and Dom and everyone else in the NFL world will be very excited to see, you know, what comes next with, I guess, you know, what the NFL and the NFLPA might investigate. That's the thing is that, you know, because of Brown's claims, the NFLPA is – absolutely going to be looking at this extremely extremely closely yeah absolutely they you know i mean some of the stuff he's saying is like and and who and who knows what they who knows you know that that's that's where the truth comes out i'll be this way if antonio brown is right bruce arians is getting fired like that is the level of stuff we're talking about so yeah it's going to be dramatic no matter which way it goes so i guess we'll stay tuned for that and we'll wait for all that to unfold folks that's just about our time to wrap it up, go to the cash grab. But when we come back, we've got college football, little MLB talk, some Rob Manfred rumors spreading. Did Dom get tricked? You bet he did. We'll talk did about Dom that. Did Dom get traded? <laughs> yeah, did, is Dom going to another podcast? No, but we'll talk about why. Coming up next after the cash grab, because stay tuned. Down and Out returns right after this. Hey guys, Dom here. I want to tell y'all about Anchor.fm. Yes, Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free and there's tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Don't know how to get your final product on all the major streaming platforms? Have no fear. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on places like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started and tell them Down and Out sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Second half of Down and Out is underway, and we begin with the biggest college football game of all time. Well, maybe of all 2022 to 2021 season. It's the rematch we've all been waiting for. It's maybe not the one we all wanted. It might not be the the quote-unquote sexy matchup, depending on how you view you know, sexy football games, but we are getting Alabama-Georgia Part 2 in Indianapolis for the national title Monday night. We have our resident Bama expert and fan, Evan. Of course, we're going to get your thoughts on this, but first, I just want to be out there and say, do I pray and hope the Crimson Tide lose? You knew that was coming, but boy, oh boy, I I, I just want everybody to know I'm on the, I'm on the Bulldog bandwagon. We're going to make it clear now. I have the Bulldogs winning because it's hard to beat a team twice, and it's because of that doubt that I know Nick Saban's going to make me eat my own words, but I'm he's done it to me so much in my life already that I'm ready for it to happen again if need be. So that's where I'm on, Ev, but I'll let you go ahead, break this down. Alabama, back in it again. I mean, are you with everything that happened this season now, I can kind of ask you this question. With, you, with a talent like Bryce Young under center for you guys, how really surprised are Crimson Tide fans and, you know, and this fan base 
about getting even to this point. I know there are some rocky parts. The Texas A&M loss was tough, but you did it at the right time and you played your cards right and you know you you got a big win in the SEC championship game. Uh, is does it does it feel right that you guys are here or is there a little bit of surprise and shock and awe? Um, you know, I think there were definitely points. I mean, of course, after the A&M game, I mean, it was hard to feel very um you know, after the A&M game, everybody was like, well, we'll still make the playoffs. But now, you know, losing the Georgia in the SEC championship game, if that's how it ended up shaking out, um, was probably going to eliminate us. I think Alabama fans probably felt at their worst after, like, the Tennessee and LSU games where, I mean, they barely beat LSU, who's, like, who was, you know, not very good this year. And, and you know, you're just like, ah, I don't think this team has the juice. Um and then you go beat the shit out of Georgia. You know, you realize that, yeah, Bryce Young is the Heisman winner and that he is the best player in college football and that, you know, as long as he's on the field, you you have a chance. And so it's not necessarily surprising to be here in retrospect, um, but I think the consensus amongst a lot of Alabama fans is that this is one of the worst teams that, like, has ever made the national championship in terms of those. And that, you know, that's not saying it's a bad team. It's just saying that, you know, this team, this year's team would get beat by a lot of our national championship teams, like, right. straight up. Like, so, um, you know, it's, it's, it is kind of feeling like you're, you're in gravy and, you know, you don't necessarily feel like an underdog in this game. We felt like underdogs in that STC championship game. I mean, a lot of the fan base did just because, you know, Georgia had been playing to such a degree that, you know, it was hard to imagine Alabama just, you know, beating them like they did in this scenario. Once you've done it, you can't really consider yourself an underdog, but Alabama fans, Alabama community is loving, loving seeing Vegas and the national media and everyone pick Georgia to win this game. I mean, that is ideal. You know, if, if people were yeah. coming out and going, Alabama's going to beat Georgia by 10 this time or whatever, like, you'd well, be and, 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 and I said that Tuesday. I was like, I, I hate the fact that we had to roll out Bama as the underdog on the initial, you know, the line and, and betting odds. I'm like, God, God damn it, guys. Have we not learned? Have we not learned our lessons with Nick Saban in Alabama? Have we not learned to not give them the extra motivation? Because Lord knows they don't need it. That, that that was mistake number one, and I'm very happy that like Bama fans are like, yeah, fuck it, let's absolutely w- run into that role because that's absolutely the right way to play that. Yeah, so I mean, it's uh, you know rat poison, as Nick Saban famously called it. You know, don't ever you know get a big head about this stuff. And I I, I mean, right now there's no reason to think Alabama is getting one based on what the chatter is about. Now, I think also Alabama understands that at the end of the day, this is a pick'em. You know that these are just two extremely good teams. The you know the the two teams that deserve to be there the most. Um, and like in that first. Uh, in that first matchup, again, you know, I think it's really going to depend on three major factors. Number one, I already brought up, which is Bryce Young. And Bryce Young plays the level he did in Atlanta. I don't think really there's a scenario in which Alabama loses. Um, like, you know, if Bryce Young throws three touchdowns and 350 yards. I think Alabama wins that game probably about a similar scoreline. Um, the second thing is... You know, the Stetson Bennett, you know, the other opposing quarterback, Georgia's quarterback, you know, he did not look especially great against Alabama, and I don't expect him to look especially great this time around either, but he did look good against Michigan. He made some really nice throws in that game. 
Um, and you know, you if if he you know is a different factor, if he's Michigan Stetson Bennett, then you know we'll see. But I don't know, man. Go back and watch the tape and watch Stetson Bennett against Alabama, and he did not look comfortable. And I don't think he will be comfortable, which gets to the final thing is everybody talks about Georgia's defensive line. They did not really do much at all to Bryce Young last time, whereas Alabama's defensive line also didn't really do much at all to uh, Stetson Bennett. You know, how does pass rush, how does, you know, uh, winning in the trenches, you know, play? Who? How does that work out this time around? Right. Um, I so. still I still think I think the key for for Georgia here is you absolutely have to I mean it, it, it's clear as day it's not it doesn't take a, a sports analyst to be able to come to this conclusion but obviously you have to play much much better on offense but not even so much better on offense is I think offense for Georgia has to be the focal point you know everybody rides this Georgia defense and I know they're they're a talented bunch and they've proven that time and time again this season but you have to have that extra bit of focus this game their x factor has to be Stetson Bennett it has to be the offense this time around because I wholeheartedly still agree that you know it's that fool me once you know whole whole sort of scenario and I believe that Georgia defensively will be a lot more prepared for Bryce Young but Bryce Young also is going to get his at the end of the day I mean it doesn't even take an Alabama fan to know that it just takes someone who knows baseline knowledge of college football to know that I still think Bryce Young gets gets puts up he'll put up numbers I I would expect two touchdowns minimum 250 not you know through the air, I think that's easy money for Bryce. He's still going to get his. So, how do you counteract that? Can you get a performance from Stetson Bennett? Can your offense begin to click in ways that it couldn't against Alabama, but it started to do against Michigan? Much different unit, much you know, much different defense than Michigan, nonetheless. But you already have seen this defense, so I, I think I think that's kind of the thing for Georgia. It's the first time I really feel like. Defense isn't going to be the focal point behind what gets Georgia this win. I think you have to be able to go trade shots for Alabama because I just don't. There, there's I mean, there's nothing in me, sadly, and I won't. I don't want to believe this, but there's nothing to me that says that Alabama does not get into double figures, let alone probably scores under 20 points. I like I don't I don't see that. That's a one in 14 million chance, Doctor Strange style. I just don't see it with them. And I'm, and I'm sure Bama fans like you don't either. Like, Bryce is too good. Bryce is too good to let that happen. Well, that's what's interesting, too, is that, you know, if the ideal scenario, right, when you're playing a quarterback like Bryce Young or you're playing any, you know, talented quarterback is that, you know, you try to keep that offense off the field, right? You you try and win the time of possession. Um, and, and, and Georgia kind of did that in the first half of that, of that SEC championship game. And it still didn't really matter. That's where Georgia is, like, going to, like, that's the ultimatum. Why Stetson Bennett is such a big deal is because, you know, Georgia, one, wasn't able to really run the ball on Alabama at all. Uh, Alabama was able to run on Georgia. Right. When you, when both teams are eliminating the run and, you know, and, and it basically comes down to quarterback play, who do you want, Bryce Young or Stetson Bennett? You know, I mean, you, you and it's uh, yeah, and and I hate I hate to say it because I believe Stetson's a great talent, but like proofs in the pudding though. Like, like you, you I, I think you take this as a smart angle. Bryce has already shown what he can do. You know, so yeah, I, you take Bryce in this situation. 
But I also believe that, you know, Stetson can get the job done as well. So we'll just kind of have to wait and see there. But, yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's, a, it's a very good point. And it sucks for me to have to admit this after talking all that smack about Alabama. It's just because I can't, I can't see them do this. After that Texas A&M, if you go back to the podcast when we recorded after Bama lost to Texas A&M, I, don't, I, I think because, I, I, you know, Evan's a very good friend of mine and I have a lot of, you know, respect for his fandom that I tried to keep it as, as – as clean and as composed as possible, but man, was I happier than a pig and mug to think to myself, "Oh yeah, they're done. Bama's done. Losing to losing to Jimbo and Texas A&M. Oh, how blissful! It's over. Bama stinks. The amount of trash I wanted to that I had running hey, through my hey, head is starting. It's start. It's starting to come. Well, and I did. I let it loose a little bit in that podcast, but now it's starting to come back and fucking haunt me because, of course, sick Naven. And his and his ragtag crew of college football gurus were like, "Hold my fucking beer, let me go shut all that ass up right now." And they and they did. And Bryce Young was like, "Let me go fuck around and win a Heisman while I'm at it too. Suck my nut." Yeah, I mean he's an he's an insane player. And, and, <laughs> he said, "Put all of my nuts in your mouth, America." I mean, you know, it's it's. There's, there, you know, one of the conversation pieces to, to kind of frame Bryce Young too that you know Alabama fans have brought up is, or at least I've seen on Twitter is that, you know, does Mac Jones take this team to a national title like this team, not last year's team, this team? Right. I don't know. I mean, it. I, I feel less confident than I with it with him than I do with Bryce based on college football. You know, not talking about NFL. But so, yeah, man, I mean, the other thing that I if you want some hope, here's why Georgia fans and, you know, should have hope. Why, you know, neutrals that want Alabama to lose Mm -hmm. should have hope. Alabama got some breaks in that Georgia game. The uh, Bryce Young, I don't know if you remember when he he like he scrambled for a first down and then he fumbled and three Georgia players and Bryce Young fought for the ball and Bryce Young somehow came away with it. Like if that if that's a turnover, I believe Alabama was only up by three at that point. If Alabama turns the ball over there and instead doesn't go by ten, like on the ensuing like right. two plays, I mean that's a different ball game. Yeah, momentum shifter I mean, for sure. Yeah, so I mean there's there's that. There were some you know questionable you know penalties and stuff like that on both teams. Like that that but that's just college football and that's college football officiating. Um, so you know I mean th- those are factors and. And, you know, I, I it's I, I'll be curious to see how Alabama does without John Mechie, you know, the starting wide receiver, kind of the number two off of Jamison Williams. Mechie is more of a possession receiver, but he's he's a he's a guy that Bryce Young loves to hit and loves to, you know, kind of make plays happen with. Maybe not these like eighty yard bombs that you see Jamison Williams take to the house, but mm-hmm. you know, there's kinds of plays where uh you know, you know, he he picks up a, a clutch, you know, third and long by finding Mechie, you know, yeah. on the sideline or something. So, uh, you know, but you know, Bama, Bama be, still has Brian Robinson Jr. Different. Yeah, he's back fully healthy too. He didn't, he wasn't mm-hmm. fully healthy against Georgia. He only got like, you know, I think like 15 handoffs this game. I could see him getting a lot more. But that game plan that you saw against Cincinnati, you know, Brian Robinson got a ton of handoffs in that game right. against Cincinnati, and they ran the ball a ton. That was just because they knew they were bigger than Cincinnati. This game, I believe that Bill O'Brien and 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 Bryce Young and they will go back to 
that game plan we saw, which is let Bryce work his magic. You know, this is not – you're not going to be able to run the ball on Georgia. Don't, you know, waste too much time early on or too much effort really, you know, trying to establish that. And, you know, Georgia goes up. You know, if, if Georgia's scoring and Alabama's still trying to establish the run, something went wrong. You know, so it's you gotta you gotta think. Okay, we gotta go score. You know, ten points a quarter to go win this game. Go score forty points, and and that means letting Bryce work and cook early. Uh, there's a stat I'm trying to find. The kind of my last point I wanted to make, um, and, and when I talk about just the craziness of Alabama, um, so in college football, Evan, I'm sure you saw this by now, but this is more just for the listeners, which is why you, know, you have to tip your cap. As an, even as an LSU fan, as a, as a fan of teams in, in, the, in the SEC, doesn't matter. You are guaranteed 12 games in most college football seasons. Don't let's let's not worry about COVID cancellations. You know, take COVID away, you get 12 you get 12 games in a season. Alabama since 2009 have averaged. 12 and a half wins a year. They are winning. That's fucking fuck, dog. That's that's dumb. That is so stupid. The next best team is Ohio State, who averages 11 and a half. So Alabama, with six national titles, is averaging 0.5 more games winning per year since 09 than you get in a regular season guaranteed. That, my friends, is fucking nuts. That is it's a it's a it's a special time. I mean, it, it really is like, I mean, it's it's hard to there there has to be it has to be bigger than a dynasty. Like I I, I don't I I don't even know if dynasty is a respectable word to even use about Alabama football anymore. Uh yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of like other words that kind of describe like eras and different things. And one of the more dramatic ones that comes to mind is called an epoch. Um, and, and yeah, that's epoch. I don't even know what the hell that is, but we'll run with that's that's we are at the point where we don't even know how to describe Alabama football anymore. So we have to make up, we have to come up with new words that just nobody knows about. That's how unreal it is. I don't care. Run with it. That's awesome. It's a, uh, it's a, I mean, it's, it's dreamland, you know? I mean, there was, uh, recently the, it was the anniversary, I think the fourth was, or the fourth or the fifth was the anniversary of Nick Saban, you know, flying in the Tuscaloosa to be hired and all that stuff. And I mean, it's, uh, it's nuts. I mean, I think Alabama fans had hope back then, but yeah, of course no one could have ever foreseen Nick Saban being what he's been at Alabama. I mean, he is completely, um, I mean, there is no question anymore, you know, about greatest coach of all time, greatest, you know, dynasty, you know, whatever you want to call it. I mean, uh, six national championships in what, 2009 through 2020, 2020. So, I mean, you know, it'll be, that was six and 12 seasons. And then now we're going to be looking at potentially seven to 13, um, it's, uh, it's nuts, man. I mean, it's, it's hard to be, it, it, it is going to be such a wild day slash time when Alabama goes back to being a typical football team. I mean, I don't know when that's going to happen. God, I can't but, wait. 
But when they go back to being a typical football team that you know loses games, that it's, it, I, I bet you, Ev, it's going to feel a lot like how the NFL feels watching the Patriots not be good anymore. It's going to have a similar feel. Like that's, you know, when Tom left New England, I, I bet you it'll feel pretty similar to that. I, I yeah, I think I, I could see that. I mean, that's the thing with college football too, though, is that I mean, uh, in Saban's last year, right? He's going to, and of course, recruits flip, they leave, they go elsewhere. But Saban's last year, he's going to have set Alabama up for the next two to three years, like hardcore. You know what I mean? Like Alabama's not going to die right. when Saban dips. Oh, like, for it's sure. It's going to be it's going to be another few years before they're really out. You know, before they're they're fully removed from the Saban experience. So yeah, man, we'll uh, we'll see. Um, you know, Dom, you said you didn't have words to uh, to describe Nick Saban's. You know, to describe Nick Saban, describe what he's done. Um, you know, I, I, I don't have words really, you know, good words anyways to describe it either. But I do have a few good words to describe Rob Manfred, uh, commissioner of the MLB. And that's piece of shit. Um, Big piece uh, of shit. You know, we, we kind of alluded to this, but, you know, and, and this is almost like, I mean, this news is now a few days old. But Ken Rosenthal, uh, MLB network reporter, you know, all around uh you know, famous, I mean, reporter when it comes to baseball. I mean, he's kind of one of the guys mm-hmm. when it comes to baseball reporting. Fired by uh, the MLB Network because of critical comments about Rob Manfred, which, hey, man, that's a good look. Yeah, you know, no, that's fine. Let's, let, let, let's fire journalists because they're practicing their First Amendment. That's great. Good luck, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's also just like Rosenthal did criticize Manfred, but not – I mean – criticizing Rob Manfred fairly is like being nice to Rob Manfred right now. When you put it in the context of all the other other MLB like reporters, when you put it in the context of what the MLB world thinks of Rob Manfred, just being like fair with your criticism is like being like his mom. So I, they, I, I, like, it has to be congrats diff- to Rob Manfred for like for cutting loose like one of the guys that truly was probably one of his biggest assets in terms of at least keeping things from just going full on fuck this guy and now hey we're full on fuck this guy yep no and and i just i don't i don't and i know it has to be because it's the mlb network and it's a direct i don't know i don't know what the direct affiliation with the mlb itself is i'm sure it has to be pretty prominent for Cam Rosenthal to get the to get the boot here in this situation, but it's just like in a time where Rob Manfred could not afford any more bad PR looks, you're gonna pull off this shit. And it's not it's not only is Rosenthal a staple within the like the the baseball world and the cornerstone, but as I alluded to, I mean like Ev and I are journalists, like we like. There are, from corner to corner, coast to coast, there are people who have read and respect guys like Rosenthal who write for the MLB. And they're, he's part of this niche community of journalists that, that stick up for each other. And that's where I get, I just get emotionally defensive towards Rosenthal because it's, it, this guy came out and did his job. And from all the things I've gotten that I've seen about Rosenthal, they're fair criticisms and nothing was harsh. It's not like it's defamation or libel or any of this other big fancy lawyer shit that they could throw out. It just, 
to me, it feels like he was trying to do his First Amendment right, and then Rose, and then Banford's like, mm, I don't like this, guys. We're going to need to get this guy out of here. Like, don't give yourself any more bad PR looks, my guy. And here you are doing it to one of the most respected journalists in the baseball community. That's not a good look for you, Rob. So then what I preferenced with it earlier before we went to the cash grab, folks, is I was a little unplugged the last, other than recording on Tuesday, I was off since Monday from work, so I was a little unplugged, but I happened to be scouring Twitter, and I got caught up in a fake headline that said Rob Manfred stepped down, and I almost I almost jumped for joy when I saw that. Obviously, it's, it's not true. It was just a rumor, and I got a little bamboozled with not thoroughly checking the source, but still, I mean, there, there, there will come a day when this happens, when he steps down or someone replaces him, and he'll have nothing but just ridicule written about him. There is no more people who I find, who I think will even support Rob Manfred at this at, at this point. So, not only is he a big piece of shit, he's also just a, just a self-centered, egotistical fucking maniac. And I hate you, Rob Manfred. Do us all a favor and step down. Baseball would be a lot better without you. Yeah, it's uh, it's where we're at right now, and it's I mean, it, it I mean, you know, commissioners are never supposed to be you know the good guys, so to speak, right? You know, and, and, and Bud Selig had his own issues. You know, Bud was uh, yeah, I mean, Bud, uh, Bud was fake. I mean, Bud had a, a plethora of issues, but at least at least Bud ruled with with a shred of respect that if you gave it to him, he gave it back to you. He was hard hard ruled guy and he and he and he, you know, cracked down an iron fist. I mean, Bud had to go through a lot of steroid use and a lot of that whole fucking scandal with with PEDs and baseball. And I give anybody credit for having to navigate that, you know, with your top money makers in the MLB all suspected of using PEDs and such. It's not an easy thing to do and you you can criticize him for how he handled it or whatnot, but at least that guy garnered respect. Rob you can't you can't say that word respect is not even in Rob Manfred's dictionary or can even be used in the in the same sentence when trying to find a positive attribute about that guy. Yeah, I, uh, I I I agree fully, and you know, not to mention too that the timing of this is extra hilarious, considering that you know you're in the middle of a lockout where whether you like or dislike Rob Manfred, whether you think or don't think that the owners are correct. Um, this doesn't help your optics. I mean, you're already looking like the bad guys during a lockout, and now this just further, like, in you know, one, you know, it, it confirms to fans that, oh, you're a piece of shit. But also, you know, he sides with the owners. So all the owners, you know, ergo look even worse than they already do, too. I mean, it's uh, it's whack. It's just whack shit. Mm-hmm. But hey, that's uh, that's unfortunately the MLB right now. Um, you know, it's I like I said, I've been you know I I I has been well documented on this podcast that I've gotten into baseball basically over the past year and I've I, I've enjoyed it thoroughly and I can't wait for the season to come back. Um, that being said. At the same time, I'm just like, yeah, I understand why everyone was complaining like all the time, like while I was watching from a distance, being like, well, and this is all happening. You got to remember, remember too, Ed, this is all happening while the while the, the the players' association and the owners are still trying to, you know, get the season back on track too, in the during yeah. this time as well. So it's just it's it's a, it's an ongoing shitstorm that builds, and it's and it's like I said, like people, guys, like not even guys, just people like Evan who are starting to 
develop this love for baseball. That is what the sports need. That's what the sport needed, and that's because of young stars and veterans who who draw and and, and attract this new fandom. And for a minute, it felt like it was starting to happen here, and you felt like maybe Rob had turned the leaf, and you knew that he 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 understood what he had going for him. But stuff like this is just going to evaporate that progress that you think he's making so quickly. And again, he should. There, 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 there is nothing that there's nothing good to be said about this guy right now, and I'm so, I'm so fed up with him. That's why I was so disappointed to find out that I was bamboozled because man, I was looking forward to him stepping down because it's the right move and it's a move he should make. But Lord knows that's going to take it a Christmas miracle and a half to happen. Hey, well, we're speaking it into the universe, you know. Uh, we're 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 putting it uh, we're putting it out there and. Who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe you know, if we believe in it, uh, it'll happen. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe if Doctor Strange opens up another parallel parallel universe uh, in the the sequel blah, of, blah, of No Way Home, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Doing the Avengers scene. I like but, uh, that. I like it uh, a lot. The Avengers scene, but like Bar- Bartolo Cologne walks out of a. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dude, don't even I, don't don't even give me that thought. That's that'd be fucking sick. Ideal scenario. Um, but Dom, it's about time for us to go home it is it is Ev. it is time to wrap it up here uh get before we go and shout out quick social media shout out as well uh go montana state folks they're playing in the fcs okay. national championship uh we'll talk more about it mm-hmm, we'll get- for sure we'll, we'll we'll recap that game and stuff but again we you know busy day for us and we have to get going here but go bobcats go win down in frisco we're pulling for you guys everybody back in montana me and Ev have a lot of love for the folks there in montana we're so. all bobcats this weekend Hell yeah, yeah, baby! Tommy Malott, Tommy Malott, baby! He's, Touchdown, uh, Tommy! He's he's gonna he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it. But uh, yeah, best of luck to to everybody that you know, our friends that traveled to Frisco, but also uh, all the ones, of course, that are up in Bozeman, Butte, you know, what have you. So, um, yeah. Uh, speaking of that, social media shout out. You can go to at d o w n a n d o u t p o d c a s t. Uh, that is at Down and Out Podcast on Twitter, um, and you can follow us and tweet at us and see when we're posting episodes and see when we're joking around and 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 do all that and uh, and you know with the start of the new year as we've been saying we're we're hoping to uh, continue kind of expanding you know the amount we'll be using that uh, also while you're going to follow us uh, go on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever you do, uh, and give us a five-star rating. It is uh, very much appreciated. It makes us look good and and uh, helps the podcast in a big way. So, Absolutely. Please do that. Please go give us a rating and a review. We appreciate you guys so much for all that. As always, shout out JD Masters and Buddha. Man in the intro. Or man, man in the mirror. Man in the intro. Man in the, they are the man in the intro, though. So, uh, go shout out Man in the Mirror on uh, Spotify, Apple, Google. Go listen to the rest of what JD Masters and Buddha have to offer. And all the places you stream our podcast, you can find them as well. Folks, it's been fun. It's been real. It's been another great edition of, un- of Down and Out. But until next time, Arrivederci. Later. Cool, calm, collected, but I love to act hectic. Sitting in the corner in the dark like Riddick. With the notepad out, thinking about lyrics. I ignore just.
story cause I didn't wanna hear it Bitch, did you ever really catch a switch Where I went from rock to boo to cop the vibe like a fish Assist like white chocolate handing out a dish If the devil shows up then my soul he just wish I might accept the offer cause I wanna grind like cost And give the trophies to my mama Make him sweat like a sauna Cause act like I can't then I'ma spit like a llama Take your girlfriend out and give a Balenciaga So check me out, fill me up and watch me bounce Cause the new man in the mirror is looking like a mouse Switch places, change faces, now Buddha runs a house Trust hip-hop more than bitches, so I'ma take her as a spouse Or at least a concubine If in front of my God feel divine I'ma grab it like a shield and I'ma make it shine Cause when I'm polished, I'll abolish if you cross the line That's how I am feeling Keep growing like a giant, go through the ceiling Man in the mirror doubled up, now you all the fuck We go again, but when we stop blazing Boom, boom, pow, pow, what you gonna do now? Especially when I bring the energy like it's a powwow Besides find a man, paint your face, cause you a damn clown Look around, only one that is and I'm a wagon now The name is Buddha, bitch Damn, JD Uh, look around, only one that is and I'm a wagon now